And now. And now, introducing the one, the only. Now let me introduce to you. Lively talk with successful people, barely filtered. This is the Jenna Ben Show. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Jenna Ben Show. I'm your host, Jenna Benemy, and with us today, we have OG Antonio McKee and guest of honor, Zion Clark. What's up, guys? What's up? What's going on? Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Yeah, I'm so glad you're back. You know, Tone was supposed to be here for my 50th show where I got interviewed. He couldn't make it because he was at, uh, at Bellator in Hawaii. But um, here we are today, and our focus today is on this 22-year-old badass, Zion Clark, who apparently is tearing up the wrestling and track world. Zion, so we're going to jump right in. Now, Zion, he's made several appearances on The Ellen Show, and um, I know you've done like a variety of media appearances, but what's special about you, or I think what's really um, brought your talents to the surface, is your diagnosis of caudal regression syndrome. Tell us about that. Um, it's a very, it's a very rare disease. You know, um, a lot of, a lot of, there's, uh, I don't know how to put it. Uh, very few kids are born with it. I think it's, it's about like one out of every hundred thousand children each year are born with it. So it's a mm. super rare disease. I've only ever met one other person my entire lifetime that has the disease. Okay. And so, and you were born with it. And um, when we spoke previously, you had talked about your mom using drugs and alcohol. And mm-hmm. so did that play a role in in this syndrome uh yes it uh played a huge role in it actually um say she didn't do any of that one i wouldn't be born with that condition i'd be quote unquote normal i mean i am normal right but i'd be born quote unquote normal like yeah like any other child but um sadly that's not what happened right and you have siblings that are quote unquote normal yes okay you have three siblings yes i have uh two older sisters and a little brother uh, these are biological siblings. Biological, yeah. You have a huge family, and we're going to get into that. Um, really an incredible life story. You've definitely been through it. And then when I think of people who have been through it but, like, didn't have the challenge of not having legs to be mobile, you know, and then I look at all that you've accomplished, um, you know, I feel honored to have you here and share your story. Thank you. So, yeah, we are going to jump right in. Your mom gave you up for adoption. Tell us about that. Um, she was um, she was very unfit to take care of herself. So on top of a child, um, while she was pregnant with me, she was in and out of jail. When she was having me, she was in jail. So I had to like, take, remove her from the oh, move wow. her from the jail, take her to the hospital, have me. Then she had to go back to jail. So then there's there's no way. And uh, they gave her the option of trying to get like early release, see if they can she she be uh, suitable to take care of me, but yeah. she just declined it. Wow. Okay. And so I'm assuming she gave up custody of her other kids. Oh as well. yeah, she gave up custody of all of us at the same time or prior to you being born. Um. Well, my two older biological sisters, I've talked to them quite a few times. They lived with her for a while, and but then um, she lost custody of them, and my little brother, she immediately lost custody of him. Wow. Okay. All right. So then you were in the foster care system. Uh, yes, I was in the foster care system for the first like 16 and a half years of my life. Uh, it was it was not not pretty, not sunshine and rainbows like some foster care stories you hear. You know, there's there's a lot of crap that went on. A lot of BS, you would say. But um, I um, don't know how I made it. But there's there'd be times I'd be locked in a room, maybe 
two, three days, maybe once, maybe twice a day, get a piece of bread and half a glass of water. Wow. That went on for a while. That's why I used to be, I used to be tiny. Yeah. Like, you you see, I'm big. You are, you're pretty ripped. Yeah, you you have a very, you have very big arms and chest. Imagine none of that, just like pretty much skin and bones. Like, I, that's that's what I was like. And it, it stayed that way all the way up until I was about 16 and my um, adopted mother got me and she saw how small I was. She fattened me up like a turkey. <laughs> yeah, like a turkey. But, okay, so in going through these homes, how many different homes were you in? Um, I went through about nine, nine foster homes. Uh, bounced back to the same one a couple times. So, I mean, technically you could dub, like add a couple to that, but I'd mm. say... It stops at about nine. Honestly, I can't remember all of them. I just see paperwork. Mm. I mean, that's that shows how long I've been in the system. Like, it's been a long time. Yeah. And, and that's fairly fresh for you, given that you're 22. I mean, yeah. you've, it's, it feels like it wasn't that long ago. So when you were in the system, did you have the opportunity to um, choose your home or, you know, kind of like dictate who you wanted to be with or maybe if they were like you said, locking you in a room. I mean, that's abuse. So if you were in an abusive situation, were you able to speak? Was there, were you able to have a voice? Here's, here's the hard truth. No one listens to a kid. Yeah. They don't. Kid says something like, Hey, my mom's doing this. My mom, my dad's doing that. This person's doing this. They're going to look like you're crazy. And then that you just making stuff up. Wow. And that's how it was. I'd be like, I'm not getting food at home. And then they didn't pay for my school lunch. So I wasn't eating at school, wasn't eating at home. So they're thinking that like, I'm just not eating food or nothing like that. And I yeah. remember, I remember, I remember like yeah, this had, like it happened yesterday. I was in second grade, and this the one foster lady. She threw a, she threw a wooden chair at me and split my like split my face open. Like I still have a scar on my nose from that. Wow. And um, I went to school, and I tried to tell I tried to tell them that they threw the, like she threw the chair at me because like, I didn't want to be there. Yeah. And they didn't believe me. They thought I just fell or something. So they put a bandaid on my nose, and just sent me on my way. And they called her about it. And guess what? I got even in, in like even yeah. more trouble when I got back to the house. Well, that is reckless because when you think about any sort of domestic abuse, anytime someone tries to speak out and then, you know, that gets back to the abuser, it's always worse for the victim. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sorry that you went through that. But let's fast forward. Um, we're going to jump into your new living arrangement at 16, but I want to first talk about how you got into wrestling because you started at age eight. Uh, yeah. So um, my high school coach, his uh, twin brother, it's like a really small world. Uh-huh. His twin brother was my art teacher in second grade and yeah. came up to me, asked me if I wanted to try wrestling. I didn't know what it was. Uh, so I went and tried it and I don't know, just stayed with it and um, met his nephew, which is my best friend, which is my high school coach's yeah. son. And we're like, we're the same age. Uh, shout out to Jake Donahue. But, Jake uh, Donahue. I've yeah. heard about you a little bit. I'm glad that you guys have been able to maintain this friendship. Yeah. And, um, you know, Jake really kept me in wrestling. I, I watched him. I watched him excel. Like I had a lot of struggles in the sport, but like I never, never stopped doing it. Yeah. And I kept doing it. I'm on like what year fifteen. Mm. So, okay. And with us, we have Antonio McKee, who is uh, one of your coaches. I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. See, Tone and I, we know each other, but this relationship is new to me between the two of you. So I'm curious to see <laughs> really? what Tone has got. Has well, I your dynamic. I told you about this guy a long time ago. You were the one who told me about oh, Zion, okay. and you were the one that introduced me to him. Um, sort of indirectly through okay. social media. Right. Yeah. So Tone, you've, Tone's always had my back. 
But um, I've never seen you two interact because when we were at Bellator together, we were kind of like, you know, I was on media row and then, yeah, you guys were, you know, doing your thing. So what do you have to say about this guy starting wrestling so young and then achieving so much success in the sport? Well, you know, first off, it was just amazing to hear his story and not only hear his story, but I can kind of share some of the experiences that he had in those foster homes. I've been there and done that and how you're mistreated and then your voice is not heard because you're either crazy or you're making it up. So I respect, you know, him the utmost. To be able to do what he's done with no legs is even more amazing. Mm. Um, He's been a big inspiration in my life as far as when I deal with people who complain about stuff. I've Mm. never heard him complain one time about what he doesn't have, uh, what he doesn't or can't do. I've never heard him complain. So in my gym now, I I don't want to hear it. It's a zero tolerance of what you can't do or what you think. It's hurting because to watch him train the way he trains and his tenacity and just how he moves and just mentally when things aren't going the way, you can look at him and tell things aren't going his way and he bounced back and he comes back with something else mm. and he's constantly, constantly pushing. So I, I he's he's made it worse for my guys because right. watching him, you better not say one thing that you can't do. I smack him side your head. But Zion is, is not only an inspiration to people with legs, but he's an inspiration mentally to people who are mentally weak because right. I don't look at if you don't have legs, you don't have this, you don't have that, there, there's a problem. You just make the adjustments and you do what you have to do. But where I'm amazed at is the mental capacity mm. that he has. It's, you can't explain it. You have to be around it to see it. You can read all the books you want, but until you've worked with him and you've seen his drive and his ambition, it's just a whole nother level and to be able to work with somebody like that i cut him no slack at all in mm. fact I, t- I have to go harder on him because he demands you. more yeah you know what i mean he's like no don't don't take it easy on me okay let's turn up then yeah <laughs> but but just he's amazing just i i don't have the words for it okay like i'm in celebrity shock right now i well oh. i am so glad that you were able to join us because it's nice you know i usually only get the perspective of the guest but Having been in his life, how long have you two known each other? How many years? Uh, since I, well, I've, I just met him out May. Yeah, I met you in May because that's when I first came out here. Because I met Joey a couple months prior to being on the Ellen Show because Joey came out to Ohio and that's came right. to my house. Mm, okay, and Joey I Davis. Came out here. Yeah, Joey's my boy. Yeah. Okay. All right, interesting. Well, you guys seem very familiar with each other, so that's well, good. you know. Yeah. Okay, I want to jump back to um, the progression of your wrestling career. And, you know, when you and I first spoke, you told me, what were you doing when you were approached about wrestling? You were in art class and you were... Oh, yeah, I was making a, like, a styrofoam imprint of a cat. Like, I don't, I don't know. I like <laughs> but cats. But that, that moment <laughs> stuck with you. Yeah. Because I, it was, like, it was a moment for you. It was pivotal yeah. in, your, in your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I probably, I think I still have that drawing somewhere. Because I, I remember that day because he was, like, saying it was, like, such a good job. And I worked hard on this little project. Yeah. And then he said something about wrestling. So I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this. And I'm going to look at this little flyer. I'm going to take it home to my mom and see what she says. And you know what's crazy? I didn't get to do nothing. Didn't get to go hang with friends. Didn't get to go outside. Like, I was literally stuck in a room all the time. No TV, no nothing. That's mm. like, so all I had was, like, a all I had was like a keyboard. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm very musically talented. Mm. So, like, I had a keyboard. had a little snare. Um, guitar like I, I'm versatile yeah and I was thinking like well she's not gonna let me wrestle and I approached her with it because I'm like I'm, I'm thinking like 
let's see what happens. Yeah. And she said yes, and that completely threw like threw me off. And so I was like, all right, cool. Let's yeah. And this and this particular mom, um, are you still in touch with her? No. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but she is the lady that threw the chair. Oh, okay. <laughs> chair lady. The chair. So it's surprising that she let you. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? That was. Um, that was a moment of opportunity and um, it really it changed your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have a tattoo on your back. What is it? Oh, it says no excuses. Yep. Mm. That's right. No excuses for you, certainly, in looking at the progression of your career. So now you started at eight and then your your coach's twin brother is the guy that approached you your high school coach's twin brother mm-hmm. right so it's kind of it all kind of stayed in the family because you have a few key players that really um kind of uh paved your path yeah listen listen to this so i was talking i was his name is coach his name is gil donahue okay and um he, i remember my high school my senior year of high school i was like i was it was coming towards the end of the season and i was really like i was on i was on fire my senior year of high school mm. like i was beating guys nationally ranked beating guys state ranked beating multiple state places like i was just beating anybody and everybody that stepped in front of me and um i was starting to struggle a little bit because we're at this tournament the mon bay classic and i had like two returning state champs in my bracket i was nervous mm. and he he sat me down he said Remember when you first came to Maston? I was like, yeah. He said, my brother Greg called me and said, hey, I got this kid. I've been working with him. I want you to keep working with him. And they kept putting their heads together. And they were coaching at two different schools, but they would call each other all the time, see what they could do to make my wrestling Mm. better. And they did that for years, and I didn't even know it. That's so amazing. So he's like a second dad to you, Oh, he's definitely a father figure. I don't don't know my dad. Mm. All I know about my dad from my birth mother is that he is in jail, and she won't give me his name. Wow. Do you want his name? No, I don't care. Interesting. Something tells me at some point he's going to come finding you. Am I wrong, Tone? That's how it works. It always works works like that. I've seen it work like that for other But that's how you know you're making it. But I think he should try and research him because I think we forget, even though his dad didn't do what most dads would do or he has issues in regards to his dad, he's still his dad and there's things that he needs to know about Mm -hmm. himself Mm -hmm. that he can learn from making a connection with his dad. So even if it's not a good thing, it's not a bad thing either. Right. To bring I closure. Think, oh, I agree with you. if he passes away or dies or, God forbid, anything happens to you, uh, everyone needs closure. And that's mm-hmm. what we have an issue with. With We don't have closure. So I think I think at some point maybe you can help him make that connection. It doesn't have to be an intimate relationship, personal, but yeah. at least I just want a I, connection. My thing is I just kind of want to know what he looked like. Cause I met my I met my birth mother and mm-hmm. I really don't look nothing like her, so like, I'm just assuming. Like, his dad probably was a specimen. Oh, look at probably, no, listen, my little brother, he's 14 years old, right? Dude is five eight. Sound speaking 14, to me. This dude is five eight, 14 years old, and he's like almost as big as me. Yeah. Wow. The genes. Okay. Yeah. It. Yeah. He's probably a big dude. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what? I will say if if you reach the point where you want to have. Uh, sit down with him I'd be happy to facilitate that sounds like a plan I'll think about it think about it and I you know Tone I understand your position on that Um, I think if I'm understanding Zion correctly you feel like he doesn't deserve to have you in his life no he don't him or my birth mother don't deserve anything from me they they really don't because they didn't even remotely want to give anything to me Mm -hmm. and um, and it really this is what really solidifies this thought process Three years ago, 
it was the one day where like my mom was like i'm not giving you a ride to the mall so i'm thinking like oh, i gotta take the bus and i hated taking the bus mm -hmm. so i took the bus and it was when i met my birth mother she was on the bus heading to her job i did not know she worked that close to where i lived what yeah and she said my she said my original name and nobody like nobody on this planet at that time knew my original name they just knew me by zion clark yeah because my original name was Zion Zachariah Daniels. Okay. Now it's just Zion Zachariah Clark. But, like, she said that name, and I was like, very few people know that. So I said, I looked at her, I said, who are you? And she said, my name is Melanie Daniels. And I was like, ah, oh, like, you know. You ran into her on the bus? Or? By accident. And Noah's, and she tried She tried to tell me. She's like, I've been, I've been looking for you. And I'm like, no, you haven't. Because at that time. Yeah, at that time, I was like, it was after I won. So in high school for track, I won two back-to-back -back state titles. Mm -hmm. I'm the third person in my school history to ever do that. And um, so, like, they had, like, my face was on billboards, mm. on signs, like, literally everywhere. So, like, there's no way that she didn't see it because, like, I, we literally passed one. Right. On the, like, on the <laughs> on bus. On the route, yeah. Yeah. She, she's like, she's like, I've been looking for you. I looked at her. I looked at her dead in her eyes. I said, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. Yeah. Like, are you looking for me? You would have found me years ago. All I got to do is go to the agency. Yeah, exactly. There's a whole paper trail of how to yeah. find you. Okay. So then did you dialogue further? Uh, no, I said, uh, I just straight up told her, listen, I'm, I'm, I keep it real with everybody. Yeah. I'll tell you how I feel at any given time. I told her, I said, like, best wishes to you, but stay away from my family. I don't want to hear from you. Again. Wow. That is so harsh. No, Tone. Wait, he, let's, let's give it. Get, he he needed I, that moment. I, I understand it. Whether he changes his mind down the road is something right. else, but, but the, I bet that felt so good. It felt great. Honestly, it felt great. But, but that's anger. See, we can't operate on anger. I wasn't trying to operate on anger. The fact that she lied to me to my face, saying that she was looking for I, looking for yeah. me, I really. Understand. I understand. But again, take away the emotions, and at some point in his life, it's gonna come to him having closure mm -hmm. and if that's what he chose to be his closure that will probably be the downfall of his growth you can't look at things like that and and i mean we have to get into some major talks with psychologists because i'm a part of that and you have to let that shit go right and be the person that you are he's a, an amazing person he can actually help them he may have been put here just to help them because of what he's accomplished without them they've got to live with that burden not him Agreed. He was just the young man doing what he was doing because of the situation that they put him in. And look, he's excelled. This is an inspiration. Had these things not happened, we wouldn't have Zion here, and we wouldn't be able to do what we do and think the way we think, and I wouldn't be able to kick my guys' asses the way I do because this is the example of what hard work and determination is. So if we ride on the coattails of, oh, they weren't there, they were, yeah, let's express it. Let's get it out. But let's not let that hold us back from growing because he's got an amazing life ahead of him and he's done amazing things already. Can you imagine what I agree. the other things are going to be? I agree. And I in know his time, of course. In, that's my whole thing is right. I think um, everything in its own time. And I think that, Zion, you are 22. You've accomplished more than, um, I don't know, most people in their entire lives, honestly, to this right. point. Right. However... Um, because you're still growing, I wouldn't want you to get distracted with the emotional stuff with your parents right now. See, that, that's that, my position. That's exactly how I'm thinking right now. Somewhere down the road, I want to make sure that I'm set up and I'm supporting my family. I'm like, pay off my mom's house, make sure my sisters are straight, make sure everybody in my family is straight. Yeah. And then make sure I'm straight, my family's straight. 
after that, I'm I, I'm I'll make a trip back to Canton, Ohio, see see what she's doing, maybe sit down and ask her the exact yes. questions I have because I do have questions. Yeah. But I mean, like you guys are, it's been three it's been three years since I said that to her, and I still won't go talk to her. And I, I'm focused on other stuff right now. You haven't heard from her. No, I gave her my number. You gave her your number, and she hasn't reached out. Yeah. Just, okay. to, just to see what happened. Exactly. All right, Tone. I'm. I hear you, but on his time now because I'm just being a little protective. I just yeah. don't feel like she deserves no, it. No, no. But it's not for her. It's for him. I get what right. you're saying. That's the growth in him, though. See, exactly. we're talking 22. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are going to transpire about parenting when he becomes a father. Right. And right, right. When he starts having kids, there's things that's going to change his ways, and then that's going to change the way he thinks, which is going to make him say, okay, you know what, I need this, I need that. And that's only going to come from biological. We can have all the step-parents we want. I've Mm -hmm. had like nine of them. But there's something about when you understand your genetics, who you came from, the mother, the father, there's good and there's bad on both sides. Let's bring the good to the good and let's bring the bad to the bad. Let's acknowledge these and make things better in life. That's what we're here for. We're Mm -hmm. to be better people. So, I mean, you got to know your past and know your future. You share really good perspective, especially given, you know, you've shared on your show that you were molested as a child yeah. and mm-hmm. you didn't really have a relationship with your with your father, right? Right. And I understand now, having been a father, you have three kids. Four, five, six. I keep popping them out. <laughs> Wait, do you really? Yeah, I keep making them. Bow. No, Tone, how many kids do you have? I have four and I've adopted four. No way. I thought, how come I only know the three? So I know about Mason, Mason, AJ. AJ, Miley. Yeah. And then Eric. I have a Hispanic kid. Actually, Spanish. No, Hispanic, yeah. Oh, I don't know about Eric. Yeah. How old is Eric? Uh, 25. Okay. <laughs> Are you? Is he lying, Zion? No, why would I lie? <laughs> I never, Tone is such a jokester. I never know. I'm not joking. Serious. My jokes are, there's truth in my jokes. Okay. All right, fair enough. Well, we're going to talk about Eric off okay. air because, like, I just, this is news to me. Um, okay. So, all right, well, now I'm thrown off, but I want to get back into Zion's career. You've accomplished so much. Now, let's talk about your accolades from wrestling in high school. What 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 type of awards did you receive? Oh, um, first off, I didn't receive a lot of awards until, like, my senior year. Through my school, they named an award after me, the mm. Zion, Clark, Zion Clark Award. They've been passing out since 2016. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so they give that award to the most dedicated, most... Most of uh, the best, the, the wrestler that perseveres through most of the crap that they're going through, especially yeah. on the mat, because wrestling is a very unforgiving sport. Mm. Either you either you're there and you're really working or you're not and you're getting worked on. Mm. <laughs> um, is that a good way of putting it, Tone? Yeah, very good way. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get into track? Uh, so my junior high school, I watched my sister shatter the state record with a torn MCL and the long jump. And like she went from fourth place to first place as the last person to jump, so I like I watched my I watched my older sister win state, so I was like, oh, that looks fun. Like I want to do it. Mm. And um, then I saw these guys going around in these chairs, and I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And this dude, he um, I guess he was like a four-time state champ, really really cool dude. His name is Casey Fallaway, mm. and uh, his his um his coach came up to me surprised and he was like, hey, you look like you'd be good at this, and like. Funny thing about it, my freshman all the way up until senior year, mm. the track coach at my school kept asking me to do it, and I kept telling him no. Mm. Like, I just didn't want nothing to do with it. Did you not think you could do it? Uh, I was stubborn. I, I just didn't want to do it, I uh-huh. guess. There's no there's no reason besides yeah. me. I was kind of being a jerk. But uh, 
I, I finally was like, yeah, I, I'll give it a shot. Because, like, being in that atmosphere at, like, a state championships in Columbus, Ohio, at Ohio State, that was just like, I was like, man, I would love to be here. Mm. And, uh, you know, track season came around. The first, my, funny thing, my first track meet, I got the chair I got the chair going fast, but I couldn't stop. So I took the coach off his feet after I crossed the finish oh. line. Um, but... Uh, Two months into the tracks, like I only trained for two months in the track season, very uh, vicious training, and then and it's like after two months, I ended up pulling out two state titles and three more uh, top three placements at the state championships. So when you're competing, you're competing against other people in chairs. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I would imagine your shoulders probably go through a lot of like injury or impact, right? Uh, track not so much. The more in the only injuries I've really had on my shoulders is from wrestling. Like I've dislocated my shoulder twice, mm. um, torn my shoulder once, broke my hand once, and that's all like wrestling. Wow, you have some really big arms. Like I'm very distracted by the size <laughs> of your arms. Mm. Big arms you have there. Dude. Wow. <laughs> Um, okay, so going back to your mom. Now, the woman that you refer to as your mom, tell us about her and what is her name? Uh, her name is Kimberly Hawkins, and mama, mama don't play no games. I'm telling you no. that right now. <laughs> uh, my mom, she she is really great. Uh, when she first got me, like, by the time she got me, after going through the foster care system, I was a bad kid. Yeah. Like, listen, I was like, I'd run from the cops. I'd throw stuff at cop cars. I'd, mm. I'd do anything I possibly could do just to see how much I could get away with. Interesting. And, uh, you know, they, I was the, the home before that, I, I would get into fights all the time. I, either I'd get jumped in my sleep or, like, I'd wake up and just wow. other dude would wake me up to go jump this other cat that was there in his sleep. It was, it was like, literally, like, you just, you fight to survive. Yeah. Just, like, that's all it was. Yeah. And it didn't help that, like, we were in the hood, too. So it was, like, you couldn't just, like, walk out the house because someone might rob you. You walk out the house. Wow. <laughs> so, like. That's so stressful. Tone's laughing, but this shit is <laughs> no because no he joke. knows. Because he knows. Yeah. Sounds like good old memory. <laughs> <laughs> I, if, it, if I would have been around, it would have been me and Zion getting other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a blast. Get them, Zion. I got your back. <laughs> but, no, um, this lady, I don't know. I remember I got the last fight I got into. I I showed this dude in the wall and I missed his head and I put a hole in the wall mm. and it was on Thanksgiving. The lady was just like, I got to get you to fuck out of my house. Mm. And that's exactly what she told me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, so like she called the agency and nobody would take me. I was, I was in uh, Massillon, Ohio, because that's where I've been like for like ha- the second half of all foster care. Mm. So I was in Massillon High, I made a bunch of friends, made a whole bunch of, like, teammates, a bunch of guys on the team. Like, I made a lot of friends at mm. that point. And they were about to send me to Cincinnati, Ohio, which is about three and a half hours south. Okay. So I was about to lose all my friends, like, just start everything over. That's really and stressful as a high school Very kid. stressful. And they approached my mom, who was only taking in girls at the time. Mm. And they were like, hey, we exhausted all our options on this kid. Like, they really did. Like, I've been through so many homes. Like, they were like, we don't know what to do with him. It's either going to be like, he going to jail or he going to a group home. Wow. That's what that's what it was. Those were the only two options. Wow. It's either that those two options or my mom. And my mom, without a second thought, was like, yeah, I'll check him out. And she told me this. I didn't know she did. I, I was in band. Like, like I was. I, I told you guys I'm very versatile in music. I also was a trumpet player. Uh-huh. And... um I was a really good trumpet player. I was first chair since like fifth grade. But, uh, <laughs> He's like two snaps. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 
she came to a band concert, a Christmas band concert that year, and I didn't even know. Oh, before you had met her. Yeah. And she said she said that she knew right there, right there and then. Aww. And then she got me in. And it was like, I don't know, it just felt right when I got there. Because a lot of homes I've been in, I'm like, I'm like waiting for a fight. Like, I'm, I really am. Like, I'm no waiting way. for a fight with the parent, waiting for a fight with the siblings. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for, I'm, I was ready for anything. I was ready. When you would go into these homes, would, um, would they greet you with warmth? Would they at least put up the front that you're welcome? Or uh, Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. The one that was kicking me out sending me, before I went to my mom's, I went there my freshman year in high school because I, I had gotten in some legal trouble getting kicked out of that last the house before that. Mm. So I'm going to this house, and um, this, this one day, I'm not going to say his name, but um, I really did not like him in school. Mm-hmm. Like, we got into fights at school. Yeah. And I didn't know he was a foster kid, but um, turns out, I guess he was living in the same house. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So I walk in the house, and I'm like, man, he look, he he look at look, he look at me, and just walk downstairs to the basement. Like we already knew, like this was about to be the worst living situation we ever been in. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Um. All right. So then you get to mom's, and her name is Kim. Yes. Kim is your mom. And when you refer to your sister that inspired you to get into track, who is that? Her name is Indonesia Clark. She is, we, we all call her Indy because she don't like being called Indonesia. Yeah. But um, she, she's just a badass. Um, how, it, how does she config, fit into the, uh, into the mix with all the different families? Um, she's, I, I really, I really identify with her because, I don't know, she's also, she's also a martial artist. Okay. She's a black belt in um, karate. She nice. she's in she's in the military. Um, she went to the military combatants tournament. It's like a national tournament for the military. Got second the last couple of years. Nice. So like she really is just like dangerous. She's built. She's like a like built like a dude. Oh like, wow. Okay. I, I can say that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is she is she Kim's daughter? Yes. She's, Got she's, it. Uh, okay. She's my mom's youngest daughter. Youngest biological daughter. Yes. Okay. And then I have my older sister Kamari who. Um, who has a kid, uh, my little niece, Malia, mm. um, cute little girl, such a brat. Funny thing, I, I have this video from this uh, just recently on Christmas. I, I showed her a real naked choke, and she uh-huh. was like, I was trying to tap because she was choking me out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she wouldn't get off of me. I was about to pass out. <laughs> That's about the only choke I know, but I'm yeah. pretty good at it, too. Just so you know. Real naked? Yeah. Mm. Tone. Look, <laughs> look I, was, I, told, I told my niece to get behind me. I was like, she had it. She's like, what do I do? I said, squeeze. She said, well, I said, squeeze. She started squeezing, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I know to squeeze the elbows inward. Yeah. No, she did exactly that. She catches on fast. Yeah. I showed her how to headlock somebody last year. So, How old is she? She's six. So me and a six-year-old are on the same level right now <laughs> with our <laughs> MMA uh, repertoire. <laughs> All right. So now you have this awesome family. Life really turned around for you. Uh, it did. It, it took a little bit. Um when I was at my mom's, she, it was, we had some back and forth battles. Uh, yeah. Not going to lie. She had to call the cops on me twice. Oh, wow. Um, Kim? This yeah. The, 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 the light, the nice. Yeah. This is, this is mom. Yes. <laughs> oh, you met her? Oh, she's a powerhouse. This woman's got it. Yeah. She's got it. Yeah. So look in her eyes and see it. Tone no, loves strong women, by the yes, way. Yes, I do. So yeah. my, my mom, so my, my mom was raised in the hood too. Don't let her fool the, you. The one that I met. Yes. Okay. Like my mom was raised in the hood. You know what they used to call her? They used to call her Kimberella. <laughs> like, like she was, they did not mess with my mom. And, um, I like growing up, it was like, 
if I showed some, if I showed some backbone, my mom will show some backbone. Cause sometimes <laughs> these families, I show some backbone, and they just like they get scared. They just think like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat his little ass. And my mom didn't think like that. My mom's like I ain't gonna hit you, but I'm taking your phone. <laughs> You're grounded. She treated you like a real mom. Yeah. Yeah. And when you speak about her, I notice you don't refer to her as Kim. You're like my mom. Yeah, because she you, is my you mother. You give her that respect, and I love that. Okay, so you you moved in at 16 and a half. Yeah. And then when did you stop living with her? Uh, I stopped living with her the year after I graduated high school. Okay. Wow. So it was a short time. So Mm -hmm. it was like two years, basically. Yeah. I moved out when I was um, 19, turning 20. Okay. And then did you move to a different home in the area? Um, No. I ended up going to Kent State University where I was wrestling. Got it. Okay. So tell us about that experience. Oh, man. It was a blast. Um, School was great. I liked everybody I was going to school with. Yeah. Wrestling... Um, I I came out firing because I already knew I already had that skill level. I knew what I had to do. I knew everything was business. Busting my butt in the room, like I I go sit in the room an hour and a half after practice over just shooting on the dummy. Yeah. Um, just kept putting in all that work and end up all American, being an all American by the end of my freshman year. What the does it mean to be an all American? Uh, you place at nationals. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Well, I want to take a brief Titan CBD break. We're going to do a little CBD toast. Uh, my sponsor is Titan CBD. They are awesome. So this guy, the CEO of the company, he's a scientist and he developed this formula actually for kids. So you're going to try it and I'll kind of explain it to you more as it's fizzing under your tongue. All right. Tony, mm. he's a big ass kid. Mm. Maybe you can prescribe me some of this. Okay. So... It's wow. just CBD. There's no THC in it. So, um, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? There's no THC in it. There, there's no THC. So there's no um, not like a marijuana. Drop. Not, not a, a drop at not all. Zero point zero percent THC. I would not mess with you guys so knowing how is it that effective? you're competing because it's just CBD. So the science behind it is that they strip basically the um, the components that enable you to heal. So it's good for anxiety or gym ailments or like any type of muscle soreness, um, arthritis. Where can I order some of this? I have a lot of athletes that could probably use it. Yeah, definitely. So TitanCBD.com is um, is under construction at the moment. Uh, it's a brand new company. Are you looking for investors? I actually know they're kicking butt tone. They are. Um, they're actually potentially going public very soon. Mm, okay. So yeah, but you're gonna see them. You're gonna I see them talk on the you market. About this off the air. Yeah, we'll talk. I don't mind, Clarice. Yes. All right. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad that was a good experience for you guys. Let's. We'll check in in a little bit. Um, you'll start to feel the calm effects very soon because it kicks in quickly. I don't know if he can feel anything. I know. Tone doesn't feel shit. Mm. Calm? What's <laughs> <laughs> <Lots> calm? <laughs> All right. Um, so let's talk about college and the ladies. Like, what was that like for oh, you? Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I know Tone's going to want to weigh in on this, but I want to hear from yeah. We just had this conversation. <laughs> oh, really? Is this yes. what you talked about in the car? We're not going to have that conversation. Wait. Uh, <laughs> no, we, I want to know. You no, know we ain't. Come on. <laughs> no, we well, ain't. We, we'll, we'll, we'll edit it. How about yeah, that? Yeah, let's edit. Okay. Let's edit okay. it. Right. Give us the abbreviated version. All right. but um, So school is cool. I mean, like, I was ranked top four in the country at Kent State. So, like, I mean, I'm number four. And, like, you know, every time I win, it'd be like, party back at the, party back at the wrestling house. Yeah. So, you know. Um, my my house with my other roommates was a spot, uh, and we won pretty often. Mm-hmm. Like our team was ranked in top like top five in the country, so like we we did very well. 
Um, you know, and you know, we have a party, like a whole bunch of girls poured in all the time. Why are you holding time. back, Zion? Because he's, he's waiting for me to ask stuff. questions. That's all what right. he's waiting on. Okay, Tone, I'm handing you I'm, the mic. I'm going to go off a of Tone, hey. Tone, whatever Tone <laughs> says. So, you know, I'm kind of like Zion. I'm straightforward, straight shooter. Yeah. You like me or you love me okay. or you hate me. There's no middle. No so one hates I was you. curious, you know, when I first met him, like, you know, uh, sexually, are you able to, <laughs> you know, have sex with a woman? Yeah. And his we, reply the people want to know. I said, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I said, okay. You know, he black, big, muscular. I said, you packing? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm packing. I said, okay, because he, he has some very attractive women, you know, in and out of his life. And I'm like, hey, Zion, who's that? He says, oh, that's my girl. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> he pulling, he pulling better women with no legs than most guys pull with legs. So right. I'm trying to figure out, like, he must be split on me. It's the initial curiosity that I don't have legs that starts it. It's like I'm fishing, man. And then get a catch, you start reeling it in. And he'd be like, oh, I ain't, oh, yeah, I ain't got legs. And then I'd be like, but. The but. Come <laughs> find out. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you say that you're emotionally available? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm solid. Solid. And you're, and you're ready for love. I mean, if it, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. Yeah. That's how I look at it. I ain't looking for nothing, but if it's, if it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Okay. Can we expect kids? Do huh? expect, I mean, can we expect kids? Can we expect some little Zions running around? Yeah. I know they're going to be beast mode. Mm-hmm. At some point. Okay. So, you know, I feel like it, like his kids would be like your little Mason. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Every time we talk about Mason, you're like my badass kid. No, look. I went to his house. I, look, I showered at his house before I came here, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting there after the shower picking my hair out. He comes up behind me and just starts pulling on my hair. <laughs> <laughs> He's something else. You don't discipline him, Tone. Yes, I do, but you got to understand. If you look, it's me and the mother. Mm-hmm. If you discipline him like that, you're going to create something dangerous. Okay. So I don't want him to get used to being disciplined like that. Right. I want him to understand his actions, and then there's consequences for those actions that are not done right. Smart. And he's just being curious. He's a two-year-old kid, mm-hmm. yeah. and he wakes up in the gym every day. What does he see? Grappling, punching, kicking, right. grappling, punch, kicking. So all he's doing is mimicking what he sees every day. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, chastise him for that. I'm gonna mm-hmm. let him get a little bit older, a little bit more mature. Then I'll start to curve that into a direction to where it works to his advantage, and not discipline him like most people. Oh, he's not gonna go to public schools. He's not public school material. Mm. He's the president of the United States. I'm not gonna send him to a regular school. He's Where are different. you going to send him? He's going to have homeschooling. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Really? He gets enough social activity in the gym with all the other people, uh-huh. mainly adults. So for me to put him in a classroom setting with a bunch of gaga goo-goo boo-hoos is a disadvantage to my son. Don't you think that he needs to learn for how to behave with his peers? Because you, him being in your gym, he's still the owner's son. So he's going to get see, preferential he doesn't treatment. Know that. He doesn't know that. He will. But pe- By the that way, time? But the way people regard him, he's always going to get special preferential treatment. And so in life, we There's need to be, I'd hate to say it this way, but like we need to learn the lessons of being knocked down and then conflict resolution and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, how to accommodate other people and then be accommodated. And there's all kinds of lessons right. that come from public school or school I in general. I agree to disagree because I was in public schools, but I came it was a disadvantage for me mm. versus so me knowing me, knowing my son and knowing my genetic makeup, we learn different. We don't learn like most kids in regular schools. Mm-hmm. So 
the school system, the way I see it, is not designed to educate me the way I'm capable of being educated. Mm. If you have a lot of money, then you take a person like me and you put it in special a special school mm. where my learning ability is times 10 faster than the average kid. Right. My son is that fast at two years old. He's already doing arm bars, chokes, punches, kicks. So wow. for me, to he's think, more advanced than I am. Forget right. the four year old. Right. So again, I think as parents, we got to understand who we are first. Mm. And then the creation of what you've created is from you and the father. How well do you know yourself? So for me, I've got the master plan. Look at, Look at AJ. He's 17 AJ's and old. He's a beast. He left college. Not everyone is school material. My son didn't say, Dad, I want to be a doctor. Dad, I want to be a lawyer. Dad, right. I want to be this. He says, Dad, I want to be successful. Mm. Well, me knowing him, I had to pull him out of college and let him fight full time. He's now million-dollar tournament. He's 17 and old. He's already bought two pieces of real estate. We're on the right track. Yes. School, he would have had a debt. He'd still be in college getting his degree, mm -hmm. and God forbid... Something happens and he's not able to go out into the world. He's financially set up already. That's yeah. because of me. And he's being strategic with his sponsorships Absolutely. too. He's he's really making the most out of his um, his uh, like fame, but also his skill. Right. Yeah. So for me, my family, we're fighters. We're born fighters. It's genetically in us. Yeah. So to put me in a classroom setting to learn accounting, it's going to be a disadvantage for me because I'm not going to be happy. And what we do, we enjoy it, and that's why we're so good at it. Mm -hmm. I really, I really, I really feel you on that one. Um, that's the same. That's the, pretty much the same thing that I'm, I'm going through right now. Um, being a professional speaker, I am, I am motivating millions of people. Right. Like, and I know that f as a fact. And like on top of that, it's a profession. If I was still sitting at school, I under NCA rules, I legally wouldn't be allowed to do that. Mm. And that's something I love to do. You know how good it feels when someone comes up to you and uh, like like forget about the money, forget about all the fame right. and stuff, forget about all of it. Someone comes up to you and says like, "Hey, I listened to you speak. Hey, I got to talk to you. I don't know if you remember talking to me, mm. but I was going through I was going through a hard time. I was feeling suicidal. I was really about to end my right. life. I see what you're doing, and it seems like you have it way worse. I'm I'm really working hard, and they'll then they'll keep giving me updates, yeah. and I'll just keep looking at them. See, see and it's mm -hmm. it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Different strokes for different folks, right? So little Mason is right where he needs to be. Zion is right where he needs to be because you don't know how many lives this man has changed and saved. Right. Well, on that note, I watched your Netflix documentary called yeah. Zion. That's so cool to have a documentary about you. Like, right? Yeah, I'm jealous. That's so sick. Yeah. I was a little like, oh, okay. This 22-year-old's <laughs> got his own documentary. Yeah. Like, okay. So I watched it and I definitely... I teared up. You know the part, um, spoiler alert, but you know the part when, like, your coach started crying? Yeah, I've never seen that man cry until that time. That is – let me tell you something about Coach Tommy. He doesn't cry. He will he will beat the crap out of you and, that, like, not shed a tear. You could, He could be giving you some sad news, and he would be looking at you straight forward. I've never seen him cry up until that day. Yeah. Never. Not once. Wow. Well, he was – I mean, and you could tell it was heartfelt because, like, his body was, like, moving with the yeah. tears. So what is this uh, – because I'm not familiar – with this, so what do I do? Go to Netflix and Netflix and just search Zion. Okay, go to Netflix and search Zion. It's super okay. easy. We can do it on your phone. I watched it on my phone. Okay, and um, check that out. Yeah, and it was and it was it wasn't even that that made me tear up though. It was like I, like a minute or two before that, and I can't remember what it was, but I just felt really inspired. So, you guys out there, check out this documentary. Go to Netflix, search Zion. It's only um, twelve minutes long. Just fit it into your day, and uh, you know, go move mountains.
Yeah. Okay, so you're with the Gersh Agency. Yes. Tell us about your job. I mean, how cool is that that you just get to be this, basically this professional speaker telling your story and inspiring people? It's awesome. Nothing I would have ever expected to do in my entire life. And crazy thing about this was it all started when I came back to L.A. in May for the Ellen DeGeneres show. Yeah. So, like, I'm on Ellen, you know, meet Jason Momoa, make connections, have dinner with, like, Jason, his trainer, Mata, who I work very closely with now. Nice. Um, And after that, uh, they were talking. They were like, hey, down the line, you might need an agent. And it was just, like, a whole bunch of things just started happening. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing led to another. At one point, like, it all somehow pieced together. I was at uh, Tony Branca's mansion. Like, this guy, he's uh, Michael Jackson's lawyer. So, like... Mm. Show me all the original platinum plaques, original thriller nice. glove, all that, all that cool stuff. And um, after that, he was like, "Hey, I heard you need an agent. I, I know a guy." And I was like, "All right." And um, his name is um, uh, jo- uh, John Bogner, and he got a hold of me, and he said, "Hey." Would you like to do a cookie dough commercial and in return, I take you and Joey to Gersh just to sit down and talk with the vice president and the president? So, you know, after that, like I talked to Joey about it. Me and Joey met with him. Nice. And we were like, yeah, let's do a cookie dough commercial. <laughs> like, Who doesn't love cookie dough? Right. <laughs> so we, uh, you remember that day? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we did a uh, cookie dough commercial in the gym. And a couple weeks later, we're... At Gersh, haven't had like a long, long meeting. Yeah, but uh, meeting went perfect, and um, they called me back, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to sign." So I had an attorney look over it, had my had my lawyer look over it, and everything was like everything looked great. They didn't they didn't they weren't trying to like steal a lot of like a lot of money from me mm-hmm. starting off, and like they they know what they're doing. They know, they know what they're doing. They have yeah. people like Dave Chappelle and Angela Bassett working under them. Like that's they, so dope. I think yeah. so many people aspire to be a part of the Gersh Agency, and yes. then also doing what you're doing. You know, I think let's like really let it <clears throat> sit, like soak in, guys. This guy's 22 years old, and he's out there inspiring people two or three times his age with success. By the way. Yeah, um, no, I, 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 so I listen to a lot of, a lot of rap music, trap music, but, um, yeah, that's where you get your inspiration from <laughs> some of it. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Cause like those guys, like they, they, they weren't raised with sunshine and rainbows and none of that. I know I wasn't, um, it's a song by the Migos and he said, and he's like, you know, you're big when the elders really know your name. When, when like mm. people way older than you are recognizing what you're doing, you're actually doing, you're making a difference. That's a very good point. Yeah, you're crushing. Okay, so um, every guest on the show talks about that moment or uh, maybe like a cluster of moments that we would define as, quote, failures. Tell us what you would define as the biggest failures of your life. Being homeless. uh, It was, I know I just said that was really blatant, but uh, I, I got kicked out of my house after high school by my mom, actually. But, you know, I was still kind of I was still kind of figuring myself out, like still getting in trouble, but not as much trouble. Mm. But um, she kicked me out. She's like, you can go anywhere, but you can't stay here. You got to go. Because because you weren't being an upstanding citizen, like you weren't following her rules. I wasn't following her rules. I was still out with my friends doing questionable things. Yeah. Um, 
still figuring like i said still figuring myself out so she she didn't give me my clothes she didn't give me nothing she wow. did she did that to teach me a lesson and i did learn that lesson but you know i was thinking like it was it was it was january so like, i was like it's cold outside i need some clothes i need a place this to is stay. in ohio oh yeah ohio. okay don't go to ohio <laughs> but uh <laughs> like i love to stay i love my family out there but don't go there okay but uh I was like, man, I need to get a job. Man, I need to get, I need to get some food in my stomach. I need to, I need to start doing stuff to help myself. Because mm. leading up to that, my mom and my family did like when she adopted me. I did get, I did get some help to point me in the right direction. But it was mainly up to me to actually make the changes that I needed. Of course. And I started making those changes, and for the next year and a half, two years, I stayed by myself. Um, lived at, lived at a buddy's, pay, paid his parents' rent. Kind of got a feel, kind of got a feel for it. Mm. And then I got I got um, contacted by a couple colleges saying that they still wanted me to wrestle and scholarship offers were still on the table. So I was like, you know what? I think it's time to take that chance and see what happens with it. And I did. And college wrestling exploded onto that scene. And now I'm here. So she really actually did you a favor. Yes. Yeah, because you wouldn't have gotten your act together. Oh, you no. you were comfortable. You were complacent. I was very complacent. I, I couldn't care less about anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I'm not complacent. I can't even sit still for more than five minutes. That's my boy. Hey. Yes, you guys are definitely can't the same still. breed. See, I'm going crazy over here, twitching. And <laughs> yeah, man, I've been, I've been moving. I've been twiddling my fingers. We're looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to know, Zion, what's next for you? Um... The biggest thing I say is next for me would be the Paralympic trials in Minneapolis, June 25th to 27th. Um, I get first place there. I go to Tokyo for the Paralympic, Olympic, Paralympic Games and represent our country. God, you are certainly on your path for sure. Um, all right. Ten years from now, 32 years old. Where do you see yourself? I don't know. Hopefully... Not as crazy as this man. A <laughs> uh, bunch of kids running around, bunch of Zion, <laughs> and I'm their coach. <laughs> um, I would, I'd say, may, maybe some, maybe a family, but for the most part, I want to be able to say, like, you know, maybe a couple Olympic medals around my neck. Hopefully, they go. Uh, you know, hopefully, I want to be financially stable. Yeah, like I'm on my way right now, but I want to be like extra stable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean. Yeah, get your and, whole uh, family set up like we talked about. Yeah, and, you know, I just go from there. Keep. I want to be able to, 10 years from now, I want to be able to say I'm still motivating. Mm. I don't want to just stop after I have some big success because if you stop with just one big success, you get complacent. I ain't, I'm not I think complacent. so, too. I think so, too. And it's it's almost scary because, like, when you do achieve that one big success, you're kind of like, okay, if I try again, then I could fail. But right now I'm winning, so it's kind of like a – like it messes with your mind a little bit, but I love that you. This it's not like you've ever had just one big success. You've gone through multiple now, and well, and you keep growing. Well, I failed. Like I've won a decent amount of things, but I promise you, I failed way, way yeah. more. Listen, way more. no one. I don't think anybody would look at you and think like anything's been handed to you. The fact that you've achieved anything means that you've had to work significantly harder than the average person to get there. But you're kicking butt. And so, you know, I I believe that you were going to make it onto that team and you're going to end up in Tokyo and you're going to be a world champ and you're going to accomplish all of the goals that you set your mind to because you're mentally strong and that is so much more important than physical strength. Absolutely. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah.
So we have just a couple minutes left, and we have Antonio McKee here, who is not only a good friend of mine, but a friend and a coach to Zion Clark. Tone, is there anything you want to ask Zion before we wrap up? Of course. Well, I'm going to speak for the people that are on the outside. Um, One of the things that I think people would ask, I'm really good at placing myself all over the place, is what drives you to do what you do? Mm. Uh, The fact that I see other people doing it, and, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to be that guy, but I've seen, like, friends of mine like like excel way at a way earlier stage than I did mm. and I was always like chasing that that bit of success cuz while they were succeeding I was constantly failing and I hated that feeling. Mm. I I couldn't stand it. But I mean I didn't quit but like it's still a horrible feeling. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't want to feel that feeling of loss ever again for the rest of my life. Okay, so that that's what drives you? Yes, I don't want to. I don't want to lose. I want anything that I do. It's not. I'm not talking about just sports. But I just want to. I just want to win at everything I do. Interesting. Okay. So now, once you've made that accomplishment, that in your mind you've made that accomplishment, what motivates you to keep going? Why well, just stop there after the first one? But what what mindset? I'm on the outside. I don't understand you. I have some issues with excelling forward in life and I need some drive I understand what pushes you but once you accomplish what you try to accomplish this is where most people fail in life Mm. once they get to a certain point Mm. in life they go downhill you see it with all your high level athletes I'm I'm doing this for my mother my father my family I'm gonna buy my mom a house I'm gonna get a car blah 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 they accomplish that now here comes the down what motivates you to keep going? Because that's where most people experience the down. That's why I'm asking this. Well, once I achieve everything I want to do, it's like, you know, you could be satisfied with what, what you have and it will go downhill. Because that, that level of complacency, it's it's it, it'll take you nowhere. Like I said, I'm not that type of person just to sit down and be like... But give me the mental part of it because I don't understand it. I'm the guy, I get it. But I want people on the outside that don't know how to ask this question. What makes you go after you've accomplished what you set your mind to, now the next project to accomplish af- the accomplishments after that and after that? What keeps you going? I want to be the best possible version of myself. Okay. Okay, so your hunger comes from... I think I actually discovered the answer in between the lines when you said that you saw other people accomplishing things that you wanted to accomplish. And so you never want to be second best. You want to keep going and surpassing all of the others. It's almost like like you're swimming and there are people swimming next to you but you're like no I'm going to I'm going to reach the land first you that's, know take them out exactly, of the equation exactly they're not there now yeah. they're not there and now what and this is a this is a perfect time to tell you that it's like that for track right now I am constantly getting second place mm. and I'm losing to the number one guy in the country constantly for the last 4 years straight that's a long time to lose to the same person right? over and over and over again <laughs> yeah and you know, I I see that he keeps he keeps making these keeps making the team for worlds. He's making the making the, like making every team, and I'm right there. Like I'm right there. I'm at a Team USA B standard. I need the A standard. Mm. I want to be that. I want to be that athlete. I want to be world. I want to be that world class athlete like he is. I mean, I know I, I know I'm younger than he is. I know that he has 
He has like 20 plus years of experience on me, but I don't care. I, I really Off the don't. record. Right. We'll get there, but we're going to have to talk about it privately. We can't, oh. Yeah, oh. I got you. I got you on okay. that Okay. All right. That's an easy well, fix. I feel like Tone I know what you're about to tell me. Nine, you already know. Yeah, but, I know what you're about to tell me. Well, how, how come we I don't know? The secrets. <laughs> we'll tell All right, you later. guys. We'll yeah, tell me later because we are officially out of time. I want to do a quick uh, recap on Titan CBD. How are you feeling? Tone. <sighs> Shall I say in person? <laughs> I feel like I ate a peppermint party. <laughs> no, I feel I'm good. I'm good. I feel good. But I always feel good. So yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. not giving you CBD. And cre- no, I'm just joking. No, I feel much calmer, more controlled. No, I don't want you to say if it's not for real. No, I'm know? telling you, I'm. I feel much more calm. Uh, I don't like the fact that I feel calm. I'm yeah. not a calm yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. I, know I feel what you like mean. chill. Like, but I just if wanna... you had any injuries or you were going through like a, a real stressful episode, then this is when I've done this. I've taken it for stress okay. and for muscle ailments, okay. and it. Definitely. Do you have a sample bottle I can take home with me? Um, no, but that'll actually uh, give us a reason to meet again soon because it has been far too long since we've hung out. Absolutely. Yeah, so You're I'll get greatest. you some. You are the greatest. Thank you. Zion, how you feeling? Um, like he said, I, I don't like how I'm really relaxed. <laughs> These guys I, are like alpha male monsters and they just want to be like <gasps> all the I time. I feel cool. I feel so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I came feel in like, here like ready. I'm not like, I'm not like, I Chill. always like to fidget my thumbs and stuff. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like I have to move and I feel like I can just like You're chilling. Yeah, my, even your for, posture in the chair is on your yeah like was this for back. kids with ADD ADHD um, I can ask because I can see this helping them quite a bit yeah interesting you know the whole reason he designed like the pop rock element was to help kids I just don't know specifically for what but um yeah I will I'll let you guys know okay. on the next show right. yes it's all right great one. um give us your Instagram handles Antonio Antonio McKee that's it. Perfect. And Zion? Oh, I don't even know. I, 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 that is, that's a really horrible thing to say. But uh, <laughs> it's like, I'm, it's, I always just mess it up. It's like big underscore Z underscore 2020, Here, I Here, I'm looking it up because these people need to know. Yeah. Big underscore Z underscore 2020. Or you could just search Zion Clark, Z-I-O-N. Um, I'll also tag you and everything. But um, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks you for know. having me. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. And we'll stay in touch and follow your journey. And oh, when the sure. time comes for you to meet with your father or your mother, we'll do it on the Jenna Ben Show. Let's do it. Thanks, guys. Um, you can tune in. We're on five times a week. You can tune in uh, Tuesday at 8 p.m. Pacific, Thursday at 9 a.m., Friday at 9 p.m., Saturday at 5 p.m., and Sunday at 7 p.m., all Pacific Standard Times. You can find me at the Jenna Ben Show on Instagram. Thank you. Love you guys. Love the support. Keep sending those DMs, and I'll see you next week. Peace.